I'm super excited to be here. Um, as Pastor Vance always says, I'm excited to be here. I get it. Like, I get it. I'm excited to be here because God's moving in this house. It's so evident that there is a move of God that is happening right before our midst. Um, if you were here last month, we saw 87 baptisms in this house. 87. Stop. 87 baptisms. Like, that's not like one or two. That's 87 people declaring Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in one month. Like, that's insane. And it's so evident that God is moving. And I know that we had last week off, but I think that was just preparation for God to continue to move like he's going to do in the room tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be here. If you don't know who I am, my name is Jess. I'm the Fusion Coordinator here. And you're like, Jess, what are you coordinating? Um, a lot of this. This is what I kind of do. I do a lot of the behind-the-scene work of this ministry. I coordinate small groups and baptisms and serving teams. And if you ever ask me with Pastor Vance, he'll say, reach out to me because I'm also his calendar, which is an honor in itself alone. So, so thankful to be your calendar, Pastor Vance. But... I'm super thankful that I get to be a part of this team. Um, it's so changed my life to, to be able to serve with the people I get to serve with in this house. Um, first and foremost, I want to honor Pastor Vance and Gabrielle, who's watching online, <laughs> to work, to serve, to be friends with y'all, to have mentors like you guys has impacted my life so much. And you guys are the same on and off a stage in every room you walk into, you're kind and you honor those, like, people honor you, and I'm just so grateful for you, for you, Gabrielle. And also, love you, Pastor Prince. Also, I want to honor C. West and Tess. C. West is our worship pastor here. He wasn't here to be here tonight, but he faithfully prays about worship weekly. He even helped come up with a set list, and he wasn't even here because he cares so much about you guys impacting and being able to relate to the Lord and worship. And Tess, you are one of the most consistent and faithful people I've ever met. You show up every Tuesday, and I'm so thankful to be able to serve with you. So this wouldn't happen without that team, and so I just wanted to honor them. But a little bit about me, how I got here. Um, it's quite a funny story if you haven't heard it. So what happened was is last April, I graduated college, right, and to finish my degree, I had to do an internship at a church. And so I came home to this church to do my internship. But I told Pastor Vance Gabrielle that I was like, I'm actually leaving in 10 weeks. Like, I'm out of here, so you got me for 10 weeks, and then I'm going to be leaving because I have a whole life set up in Florida that I love. I love my, or my friends there, my community there, my job there. Um, so I had a whole setup going on. And then at the end of the 10 weeks, I had my bags packed ready to go, and literally a week before I was supposed to leave, Pastor Vance and Gabrielle called me, and they're like, hey, um, we're going to offer you this job, and I was like, and why? Like, you know I'm leaving, like, <laughs> what are you doing? And turns out they were on the same page as God, and I was not, because here I am, <laughs> 10 months later, <laughs> I got to work alongside and be the fusion coordinator here, and it's been such a blessing. However, it has also been an extremely tough year for your girl. Um, at the beginning of 2022, I was going into finishing up my last semester of college. And you know when you do like a word of the year? 
So I was like, God, what's my word for the year? I do that because I want vision from the Lord of what he's going to do in my heart and what he's going to do before me so I can be on the same page as him, you know. And so I was like, God, what's my word for the year? And God was like, this is going to be a year for you to trust me. And I was like, no, <laughs> please no. <laughs> because at that point in my life, I had like my whole life planned out, right? So I was going to move to Nashville. I was going to get married. I was going to have a dream job at this church I always wanted to work at. And so I was like, God, if you're asking me to trust you, I probably don't think any of that's going to happen then. And so that means I'm going to have to trust you. And I'm just kind of not really down for that, you know, when you try and like debate with God about what he's telling you. So either way, he had his will done. And one thing after another, my life got completely flipped upside down. And so to begin with, obviously, I'm not married. I am single. And that first half happened because um, the Lord asked me to give up this relationship that I truly thought I was going to marry the man. Um, and the Lord asked me to give it up. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, We've been dating for like two years, and you're asking me to give this up now? Like, I thought he was going to put a ring on my finger any minute now. Um, but praise God, because he actually showed me how we were not on the same path at all. Um, and so God is faithful in that. But that was one thing, you know, and breakups suck. Like, you can't convince me otherwise. So that was, <laughs> that was really difficult going into my last semester of college with a breakup. But hey, the Lord is faithful. And so started out that. And then... The internship at this church that I've been longing, longing, I was working so hard for, I thought it was a God dream that he, like, was, like, yes, like, he would give me, like, you know, like, signs where I, like, picked up on it, and I was, like, okay, God, like, this is going to happen. Didn't happen. The door got shut in my face a month before graduation. So it's, like, at that point, everyone knew what they were doing after graduation but me, and so I was, like, God, you're joking, what am I supposed to do now? So thank God for my boss at the time. I talked to her about it, and she was like, honestly, Jess, like, I would love for you to continue to work with me. So she's going to turn my part-time job into a full-time job. Um, and I loved where I worked um, in Florida, and so I was like, I can do that. And so she was like, just go home for 10 weeks, and then come back, and you can work for me. So I was like, praise God again. But it kind of sucked that that door shut in my face. But I was like, okay. And then the next thing is I came home, and... A month after I graduated, um, I lost my father. And so my dad had been battling cancer for like 20 months at that time. Um, it was a brutal, brutal walk um, for our family. And thank God I got to come home for that month. But it was heartbreaking. Um, it is by far the hardest day of my life. Um, it happened actually like after a Tuesday night um, when I had just started my internship. The next morning, my father passed away, and it rocked me because my father wasn't just someone who, like, just, like, wasn't in my life, and, like, it happened. Like, my father was my best friend. Um, he was the provider of our family. He was a faithful husband. He was my sounding board. I went to my dad about everything. Um, and so when I lost my father, it was, like, a gut punch. Like, you're joking. Um, and we, we prayed. We knew that God was going to heal him. Um, but it didn't happen here on earth. And I'm so thankful for Jesus Christ dying on the cross because I understand that my dad is healed and in heaven, praise God. But it still sucks right now. And it still sucks here on earth. So that happened. 
And so all I wanted to do was find some kind of stability somewhere, right? Like, I, like, just didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, at least I get to go back to Florida. She didn't go back to Florida, so, and I was actually, like, it's, like, funny, but it wasn't in the moment. Like, it was actually really hard, because I was like, God, like, I just lost my father, and you're asking me to start my whole life over here. Like, I don't have good community here. I don't know what this job's going to look like. Like, I don't, like, it was just completely starting over. And that's extremely difficult when you're already grieving something. And so all I wanted to do was go back and be with friends that, like, already knew me. And God was like, but that's not where I'm going to have you. I'm going to have you here. So I was like, okay, God, I trust you. But it was extremely difficult to, like, take this job and start completely over. And then lastly, like, a month after I started this job, um, the only extended family that my family had, like, near us um, decided that they needed to move, which I completely understand. But it was, like, another thing that just, like, rocked my world. And in all these things, I used to find so much stability in them, so much, like, comfort, so much peace, so much joy in these blessings. But one thing after another after another, I saw, like, all that get stripped away, like the core of all that I've ever found things in was gone, like was completely gone. Like my family dynamic was like different and it would never be the same. And even then like this church, I'm so grateful for Victory Church, but my home church, my, past, my parents were actually the pastors at Victory North Cobb and because of my dad's health, that's why they had to step down and that's when Victory came in and that became a campus. That's a little backstory about that. But um, <laughs> so... Because of that, thank God for victory because I'm able to still see my dad's legacy in the church, um, even though it's different pastors or anything like that. So I am so thankful for victory. Um, but it was still really hard because, like, my home church wasn't even the same. And so one thing after another, I saw all these things I found stability in, like, shake. And it was extremely hard. But the one thing that I found stability in wasn't like my relationship with God, it was like God's pursuit after me because in the midst of losing so much, I lost like all energy to really like even like get up to pray some days. Like it was hard to get out of bed some days. Like let me be honest, like it was a lot. Like I started really struggling. So all my works that I tried to do to get in the God, like into God's presence, I couldn't do anymore. Like I had no energy to do. But what I found stability in was God's pursuit after me and his love for me. And that's not the Christian answer to say. It, like, actually was my lifeline. Because anytime I would actually, like, lay out, like, all that happened in this year, it, really, like, freaks me out. Like, truly terrified me. I've never struggled with, panic, like, panic attacks in my life until this last year. Like, I've had a few of just, like, when I take my eyes off of, like, trusting God and understanding that he has what's best for me, and I focus on all the things that I've lost this last year and all the things that got flipped upside down, it, like, freaks me out, like, truly freaks me out. But when I understand and I focus back on, like, God, it's you pursuing me, and that's what I can count in, I see his faithfulness in that, and I find stability in that. And I believe that tonight... God wants to show all of us what his pursuit is after us as a loving father. His, his love as a father is the stability that we get to walk in as being children of God that helps us get through storms. And there's storms that happen, some on our own mess ups, some just because life sucks sometimes, like, and you have no control over it. 
And thank God that no matter what the circumstance is, we see a faithful father pursue after us every single time. Amen. So I believe that no matter the situation that you're in tonight, that God is going to reveal to you the father's love. Cool. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get right into it. So dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. We're going to come and just receive from you, Father. I pray right now that every heart will be open to you, that every single person in the room, God, that you know them, you know exactly where they're at, you know what they're struggling with, you know what's in their mind, and I pray that you as their Father will pursue them tonight, that they will have the revelation of you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for what you're doing. I pray that you'll breathe upon your word, God, and that people will know you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you kind of picked up on some clues, um, I'm going to be talking about the prodigal son, amen, because, you know, father, son, so there's that. Um, that's how I got to that. So we're going to freeze. I'm going to freeze. We're not. I mean, if you want to freeze with me again, but I'm going to freeze on the prodigal son. Cool. So in Luke 15, yeah, y'all have to talk back to me, right? Amen. Okay, cool. Great. Amen. Okay, so Luke 15. Verse 11, I'm going to start there. It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and squandered his wealth in wild living. Shoddy was wilding out. Amen. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went out, hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's servants, hired servants, have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against you and against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. So he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. So sweet. So praise God for the Lord. My first point is the wounds from compromising. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the wounds from compromising. So in this story, we have this younger son who went up to his father and was like, hey, father, you know, like I love you, but not really because I actually just want my inheritance from you. And that was extremely disrespectful because the inheritance is something that the father would pass down to his sons. It wasn't as a gift. Like it wasn't just something you like go and ask for because one, it would only be given after like retirement or two, it would be given after the father had passed away. And so for the son to just blatantly go up to the father and be like, hey, can you just give me what's mine? It's so disrespectful. But, you know, the father gave it to him anyways. I wouldn't have done that, but there's better people in this world. So thank God for the father. He gave him the money, and he took the inheritance and went out and squandered it, which literally means wasted it. And so he took it. And then he squandered it in wild living. Literally, the Bible said wild living. Like, that's wild in itself. Like, he didn't play no games with that. He was wild living. And when I think about this, I'm like, okay, how many times did we do that with the Lord? And in Proverbs, 
It says, Proverbs 3, 13 through 15, it said, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. And so we've been given this, like, gold and silver from God. Well, it says even better, which is wisdom, which is the word of God. We find wisdom in the word of God. And so when we're given this, we take it, but then we kind of go and squander it in the world, you know, in a wild living. And you guys know what wild living is. You know, I don't have to explain that for you. Y'all be wilding out. We be wilding out sometimes. So, but I think it's so interesting that the reason that the son went and, like, squandered this wealth is because he didn't carry the weight of the inheritance of what it was actually paid for. And so this younger son didn't realize that this inheritance wasn't like side cash that the father had to give to the son. It was what the father had been working for for his whole life. It was what the father, like that's who the father was, was his wealth. So like when you, like it's a car, you know, you're going to pass down to your kid. Or like the house that you're going to pass down to your kids. Like that's not just easy cash. Like that's things that the father had been working for that was going to give to his son. But he treated it like it was nothing. And how often do we receive the word of God and we go and take it and we act like it was nothing? Or we come here on a Tuesday and we receive healing from the Lord that we've been praying for and then we go right back into a toxic relationship the next day. We act like we didn't even hear what God has given us and we have to understand that the word of God wasn't just given to us. It wasn't just a book that someone wrote and put it on a shelf. If that was the case, I wouldn't read it. I don't even like reading. But... Praise God, because the word of God is living because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And how many people, like, you know that that costs something. It costs a life for us to get the word of God and it be true for what it is. It costs a life. So don't you think it's worth more than being able to just take it and then go back out into the world like we didn't even hear anything? Or we just go and spend this truth like it didn't actually cost a life for us to get. It's not just another verse that we read or another book that we read. It's life. It's valuable. It's more precious than gold or silver. Nothing that we can get in this world can compare to the word of God. And we have to look at that as that weight. We have to take the Bible with the weight of what it is. We can't just keep treating it like it's a few verses on a page. Jesus paid for us to receive this truth. He paid for us to be able to walk in this truth. And we can't just go out and waste it anymore. Because it shows even in this, that the younger son, when he spent all that he had, there was a famine and he began to be in need. So he went out and wasted all his money. He didn't invest it, budget it, none of that. He didn't have money or wisdom in that. In that, you know, money and wisdom. Shout out to Victory. So, (laughs) anyways, that was kind of an inside joke. But anyways, (laughs) anyways, moving on. So, he didn't have money or wisdom. He went and spent all of his money out there. (laughs) That's a ransom still. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, moving on. So, he went and spent all this money. Wasted it, right? So, when a famine came, he was not prepared for this famine. He had no resources left. So he began to be in need. And the same thing happens when we don't actually hold on to the truth that God has given us. Life happens. 
whether we make the mistake of going into a, like a wild city and squandering it on ourselves, or life just happens because famines happen, life circumstances happen. And it's on us to understand that when we actually hold weight with what God has given us, we'll actually still have it when famine and storms and circumstances come that we'll be able to make it through. And we're not in this position of trying to be in need, but we're holding fast to what the word of God says and the truth that he has given us, that we have peace that surpasses all understanding that joy of the Lord is our strength. That's not just cute verses you put on your mirror. It's actually weight and a weapon that we can hold on to when storms happen. And that's the only way, truly it's the only way I was able to get through this last year. Like I, I thank God so many times that I had a relationship with God before I lost my father. Because I don't think I truly, I do not think I would be here today. But I was so thankful that I held so fast to the word. I already knew God's voice in my life before the storm happened. And so I was able to continue to hear God's voice and trust him even when I didn't understand. And so that's why we have to hold the word with so much weight and value is because storms will happen. Famines do come. You can't even plan for them. But when you daily walk with the Lord and receive his word and hold fast to it, when you receive healing at the altar on Tuesdays, you hold fast to that and you go out the doors and you continue to fan a flame into that. You continue to build the foundation that God has given you to be able to continue to walk in this life and not get shook by storms. Because when we begin to be in need, the younger son shows us, when we begin to be in need, you begin to compromise. And so the younger son, he went out and hired himself out to a citizen of that country because he was in need. He needed some money. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, which was not a Jewish country. It was a Gentile country. And so he went and hired himself out to someone who didn't believe in the same things that he believed. And so when he did that, his job was to feed pigs. And so in Leviticus 11, 7 through 8, we see the law that God has, had given his people, which basically was like, do this, 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 and this, and you'll be clean. If you do this, this, and this, and this, you'll be unclean. And when you're unclean, you'll actually have to be exiled from the city because if a clean person touches an unclean person, then they become unclean. And so you have to be exiled from the city and do like all this ritual and doing the most to get clean again, right? And so when the younger son went and hired himself out to a citizen country, he compromised his faith. He compromised the law that God gave to his people and went and started feeding pigs, which made him unclean. And when we get in situations where we begin to be in need, where we get in this position where we have to compromise the things that God has told us, and then we get hurt, and then we get the wounds. Because anything that is not from God is gonna cause wounds. Anything that we compromise for in the world, compromise for a job in the world, compromise for a relationship in the world, anything that we compromise for the world will always come back with wounds. And this younger son, he became unclean, impure. That caused shame. He disobeyed the law. And the same thing happens when we compromise because we're in need and we have nothing else to do. We compromise. And that's where our wounds come from. And I know that God wants to touch him, but how much easier would it be if we just held on to the truth? God gives us the truth so when we're in need, the truth leads us to him. But when we don't have the truth in us, we think we have to compromise to the world because that's what we see more than we see the truth. 
But truth leads us to him. Truth isn't a bunch of rules. Truth is protection. Truth is guidance for us to go back to the Father and go back to seeing ourselves in him so we don't have to compromise and get wounds from the world. And so I encourage us today, hold fast to the truth. Hold fast to the inheritance of the word of God that he has given us because it sets us free. It brings life and life abundance. And that's what God wants for us, that even when storms come and hit, that God has better for us and we can hold fast to the truth that he has given us. We don't have to compromise it. Amen. So... Praise God. So <laughs> the son finally came to his senses. Sometimes we just need to come to our senses. Praise God. And so he finally came to his senses, took him long enough, um, came to his senses, and he decided that he should go back to his father because he was like, how many of my father's servants are eating, like, good meals in a nice home, and I'm out here feeding pigs and can't even get anything to eat? So he was like, let me go back to my father and Come as a servant to my father. I'm not worthy to be a son. I'm going to come back as a servant. And so we see that when the father, well, he was, you know, he was like walking back, probably a hike. He was walking back. The father sees him from a distance and runs out to him, hugs him and kisses him and restores him. But I think it's interesting that when we look at the culture and the Jewish culture, that actually there was a celebration that happened when a prodigal son left. Prodigal literally means go and wasting money. And so when a prodigal son left and then tried to come back to the, um, the city, the community of the city would actually take a jar, run out to him, break the jar at his feet, and it would communicate to them that, like, even though you're coming back, we're still, still going to see you as broken before us. And so this celebration is actually called, um, or festival or ceremony, whatever you want to call it, um, is called kazah, which literally means to cut off. And so for the father to run, he was outrunning the city community. He was outrunning the people trying to destroy this younger son's identity and image. And so when he was running, you actually, the, um, they had like tunics or like robes or like whatever you want to call it, that they wore back then. So the father would have to pull up the robe to be able to run, which would expose his legs, which was looked so down upon in that culture that it would literally be shameful for him to do that. And so for the father to outrun this community, he took the shame upon himself so the younger son wouldn't be shamed upon. And so no matter the situation that you're in, no matter how far gone you've gone in the world or how much you've compromised or how many wounds, you have to understand that when you come to the Father, he's taking the shame of the people trying to break you down and lie to you, all that. He's taking the shame upon himself to be able to pursue you, to restore you back to who you are, which is the Son of God. And so if you have wounds from the world, we all do. If you have wounds from the famine, Understand that as soon as you start walking to the Lord, he's running after you to take upon the shame of this world and restore you back to being a child of God. And I believe that he's going to continue to do that tonight. Amen. So there is another son to the story. And in Luke 15, verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. 
The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me, me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, that's that wild living, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, y'all think I'm funny. I'm so glad. Praise God. Anyways, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. My second point for tonight is the wounds from misunderstanding. So this older son, he was he had been in the house, you know. He was given the inheritance. It said at the beginning he split the inheritance between the two sons. So he's been given the money, but he decided not to take. He decided, decided to be faithful in the house. And so he had been working, as he said, slaving for, the Lord, or slaving for his father for years. And so when he saw the younger son be celebrated, he was not happy about it, like, at all. And so I think it's interesting that, there's times when we don't understand God's blessings and we get hurt or frustrated with the Father because we're not understanding the blessing that's before us. And for so long, I, I liked the prodigal son, but I was like, I can't really relate to the younger son. Like, I never, like, wild living in my life. Like, I grew up in the church. I always wanted to, like, obey my parents and please God. And so I was, like, always just trying to do the right thing. And it came to, like, my let's say junior year of high school, that that didn't last much longer. And the fact that I was trying to do everything right for God, but I ended up like having a wall between me and God. Like I would come to the altar, like I'd be the one that's like right here on their knees. And I'd be like, God, I want you, like speak to me. And I wouldn't hear anything. And I'm like, what? Like I just read my Bible for like five hours and prayed and interceded and fasted. Like I did all of the things. And I'm like, on the ground before you, and you don't want to talk to me? Like, that's ridiculous. And then the person next to me is like in the Shekinah glory, and I just saw them out partying the night before. Like, I'm like, the math isn't adding up, God. Like, this person is in the glory of the Lord, and I just saw their snap stories. Like, that's ridiculous. And me here, I'm like, God, I've done literally everything right, and I can't hear nothing from you. Like, that's ridiculous. So I was quite angry, to say the least. I was super frustrated with the Lord because I was like, God, like, I'm doing everything right. And God had to humble me real quick. Amen. (laughs) And I'm so thankful for that because I realized that my own pride got in the way of me receiving the blessing of already being in the presence of God. And sometimes we get so frustrated because we're trying to do all the right things to receive from God, but truly we can do nothing. And pride isn't like, oh, you're so prideful. Like, yeah, there's that kind of people. But like for me, like I genuinely was trying to just do everything right, but it's because I truly didn't understand that the gift that God had given me was being in the presence of God, that I didn't have to do X, Y, and Z to receive it, that it has already been given to me. And all I had to do is humble myself and be like, I actually can't add up to get this at all. And God's just blessing me with it. 
And sometimes it's hard for us to understand that because in our lives, like, we have to work for everything. Like, our flesh is trained to work for everything. Like, to get a good job, you need to work for it. Like, to get a lot of money, you need to work for it. Like, to have a good career, you need to work for it. Like, to get healing, you need to work for it. Like, you need to work for all these things. But that's not the same case with God. Like, we can't work for it. And no matter how hard we try, we can't. And we get so frustrated with the Lord sometimes, but it's because our own pride is in the way. And he can't bless us because he's gonna, we're going to take it like we did something. And it took a moment. It was like a few weeks ago, actually. We had staff chapel, and I was on the floor praising the Lord right there. And it was right after the morning series of Blessed Are Those Who Mourn. And I was like, Lord, show me my sin. Like, show me, show me my sin. And the Lord, he showed me my sin. And he, he showed me my pride. Like, he showed me my pride. And how all these years that I, because I would, I, this is what I would do, right? I would sit and I'd be like, all right, Lord, I'm going to read my Bible. And then I'm going to pray and then I'm going to worship. And I would, I would feel the presence of God, right? So then the next day I would try and do the same thing. And I wouldn't feel the presence of God. And that's when I would get frustrated. But God showed me in that moment that it was like, Jess, you've actually never done anything to receive the presence of God. I just love you so much. I wanted to show you regardless of how much your pride was already there. And there's so much more that God has for us when we can see it without trying to fight through a pride and actually humble ourselves to just receive. We can't come to this altar anymore and be like, God, I got to, like, put up this feeling to try and get and hear from you and do things right. Or like if I, maybe if I posture this way or this way or like lay on the ground, like we have to understand that the truth says that he's Emmanuel God with us and that he's already in the room. Like, and he says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So he's already in the room and he's not gonna leave the room. Like he loves you, he's after you. And we have to understand that. Peace isn't something we have to go fight for. Peace is ours. The joy of the Lord is ours. Healing is ours. Freedom is ours. And God wants to give you that, but you can't work for it. And that's why sometimes we get so tired in our faith is because we're trying to carry the burden that Jesus already paid for and we actually don't have enough strength to carry the burden of trying to earn our faith. We can't. And that's why we get so tired sometimes because we get caught up in trying to go through the motions to try and feel the presence of God or receive the healing, but we actually can't. And it takes humility to say, God, I actually have nothing to offer you. And it, I hate that. I hate that I can't give anything to God. It's just not fair. Like it, it actually like frustrates me. Like I, I wrote in my journal the other day, I was like, God, I, I hate that I can't give you anything because You've given me so much more than I could ever even imagine, and I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it, and it frustrates me. And that, the only way you can receive it then is humility. Like, it's the only way. And this older son didn't understand that. But you have to understand, we have to understand that God wants what's best for you, that he wants you to receive everything. So just come into agreement with it. All we have to do is receive and believe it. Like that's literally it. Don't overcomplicate the spiritual walk. Don't overcomplicate it. The price was already paid. The hard part is over. We can just receive it. Open up our hands 
God, I just receive it. I don't deserve it. I never can. But I receive the truth that you're actually right in front of my face because you are. Amen? Praise God. So, I believe that throughout these two sons that God has already been speaking to you in these different stories of wounds or misunderstanding that you feel, which leads me to my third and final point, which is also the title of my message. Uh, Point three, the consistent response. Luke 15, verse 20. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring bring the fine calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Amen. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, have, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him. Both sons saw themselves as servants instead of sons. The younger son, he looked at his circumstance and how he compromised things and compromised the inheritance that he decided that he wasn't even worthy enough to go back to his father as a son. He looked at himself as a servant. And the older son, he stayed out the house. He couldn't even go in the celebration because he was so mad because he looked at himself slaving for the father. He saw himself as a slave instead of a son. But thank God that the father responded to both of them the same. In verse 20, it said how the young, for the younger son, the father ran out to him. For the older son in verse 28, it said that he went out and pleaded to him. The older son didn't go in the house. For both times, the father left the house and went out to the son. Why? Because the father will always respond to us as children, not slaves or servants. No matter what situation that we're in or what we relate to in the story, the father's response is consistent to always respond to you as a child of God. And so often, so often we doubt this and this is the first thing we forget when we try and come to the Father, or we mess up, or we're trying to do things our own way. We forget this. But whatever you believe about yourself or not, the Father's response is consistent in showing you who you are, and that doesn't change no matter your situation. The Father will always respond to you for who he created you to be, which was a child of God. It says, from your mother's womb, he formed you. He breathed life into you. He created you in his image. He sent his son for you so you could have the awareness of truth that in him you are a child of God. And there is nothing we can do to mess that up. Nothing. No matter how much we don't even believe it ourselves, the father will always respond to us as children of God. And that is where our stability is found in. Our stability is found in not us pursuing God, but God pursuing us. 
It's always found in that because why? The Father's always consistent in the way that he responds to us. It doesn't change. No matter, no matter the storm you're facing, no matter the lie that you've believed about yourself, no matter how many times you've messed up, you can always, always know that there's a consistent Father responding to you in love. And that's why it's good news. That's why we believe in Christ. That's why I believe that the devil, all he wants to do is destroy the perspective of the Father. That's all he wants to do. Like, I, I truly believe there's such a demonic attack on fathers in the house. There's such a demonic attack. Why? Because if he can corrupt their perspective of the Father... That will lead us not to not understand what it is to be a child, which means we won't walk in the authority that is given to us to cast out demons. And we have to understand that when we pursue and have a relationship and understand who the father is and how he pursues us and we see him for who he is as a loving father, some of us really think that God's playing games with us. Like we really believe that sometimes. We're like, God, why aren't you answering this prayer? Because God's not going to give us what we want. He's going to give us what's best for us. Because he's a loving father. You know how, oh my word, I thank God for the things that he hasn't given me. Y'all ever done that? I thank God for the things that he hasn't given me. Because I one wouldn't be here. I would be married in Nashville, people. But I'm here. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> what are you doing? Because God gives you what's best best for you, not what we want. Praise God. But some of us get so mad with the Father and being like, God, why aren't you answering this prayer? A no is a loving answer. And we as children need to understand that. A no is a loving answer. And when we walk in that, when we understand that, when we hold fast to that, we're able to step into the authority of what it is to be a child of God. When you understand you are a child of God, you understand that the hand of God is on your life, that you are hidden in the shadow of your wings, of his wings, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that you have the authority to speak the name of Jesus and demons flee. Obviously, the devil doesn't want you to know that. And what he will do is he will either get us to doubt it or forget it. The younger son looked at his situations and looked at the way that he did life. And so he doubted his identity. The older son had been in such a routine of being in the house and looked at it as a job because he forgot the truth that he was a son. And when we forget it, we start having the wrong perspective on the father. And then we doubt the authority that we've been given. And the devil wants us to forget this, not just in moments, but daily. Daily he wants us to forget this or doubt this. You think that sometimes I think we come here on a Tuesday and then we leave and then we come back on a Tuesday and praise God for what happens on a Tuesday, but that is not gonna sustain you because you're not hearing for God yourself and God wants to speak to you as your children, us as his children. He wants to have a relationship with you outside these four walls. And don't hear what I'm not saying. Tuesdays are beautiful. But I think sometimes we can have it wrong if we don't understand that Tuesdays are beautiful 
when we have moments at the altar, moments in the back, moments in worship, receiving the word, and that fans a flame to what God has been doing all throughout the week. That fans a flame to what God is already speaking to you. There's so many times where I had been praying for God, and then I come to a Tuesday and he confirms it in the room. But some of us aren't hearing from God first, and then we're coming into the room. God wants to speak to you. God wants to touch your life daily. He wants to walk with his children. He wants to walk with us. He wants us to understand his will. He's not hiding his will from us. He's not trying to play games like he's not. We have to understand the intention of the Father. We have to fix our perspective. We have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to heal our perspective on the Father. Because the Father being consistent in pursuing us, that's the stability that we're all wanting. All of us. We all struggle. We all take our eyes off of the Lord. We all don't do this Christian walk right. We all don't do it right. But the stability is found in God's pursuit after us. And we need to build our life on that stability. Our families, our communities, our friends are struggling trying to find stability in this world. And we see it. Like we see it so blatantly. People are changing their gender to try and find stability. People are changing like the way that God created them to find stability. That's so heartbreaking when we know the stability comes from God pursuing us every time. And the stability is found in that. But we have to walk confidently in that. We have to decide that daily, I'm going to decide no matter how I feel, no matter what the situation looks like, I'm a child of God. You have to own that. We have to own that. Because that's how we're going to make it through the storm. That's how. But you're not going to know the blessing of being a child if you don't have a relationship with the Father. We have to have a relationship with the Father. The more we grow closer to the Father, the more you walk confidently in being a child of God. The more you want to be a child of God. The more you wear that on your chest. I'm a child of God. Because I know the Father. I know what he's done for my life. I know that he has everything ordered. So many of us are struggling trying to find our plan in life. Just walk with God daily. And if you see God today, then you're going to see him tomorrow. And he's going to order your steps. And then you pray to God another day. He orders your steps. But some of us aren't walking with God daily that it's like, okay, Tuesday's over here, Tuesday's over there. So I'm walking all over the place to get to Tuesday. (laughs) But God wants to walk daily with you. You don't know what you're doing after college? Walk daily with him. I didn't know. You know how many times God changed the plans? Or I just didn't understand in the first place. From when I graduated college to two months later, God changed the plans twice. No, three times. Three times. But you know how I got to where I am today? Because I daily walked with him. I daily heard him. I heard a nudge to go this way, so I stepped this way. I heard a nudge to step this way, so I stepped this way. And that's why I'm here. Because it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't just Tuesday nights. It wasn't just Sundays. It was always acknowledging. Proverbs says, acknowledge acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. All your ways means daily. 
all your ways means having a relationship with the Father daily. So don't let the enemy lie to you that you are not a son. You are not a daughter because you are. And he can't, he can't decide that and you can't decide that because from your mother's womb, he created you. You couldn't do anything about that. It says before we were even sinners, Christ died for us. We couldn't do anything about that. And so we need a church to rise up and be child of God and stand in that and understand that and know that. Amen? Amen. I believe that God is going to do a deep healing tonight. We're going to go back into a time of worship. But I'm going to close with this. Um, When I lost my father, it was (laughs) the hardest thing and it's still the hardest thing I've ever walked through. Because... It was so hard for me to understand the heavenly father without an earthly father. And I'm so thankful that my father was such a man of God. Like, oh my word. He wasn't perfect, but you know someone's a man of God when they mess up and they repent. And like, that was my father. Like, he pursued holiness and purity. And man, he just did things right. And when I lost him, there obviously was a gap in my life. But I think the hardest thing was that it was hard for me to understand the Heavenly Father because I didn't have an earthly father representing it anymore. And in that, though, the Lord has taken me on a journey where he's revealed himself to me as a Heavenly Father. And yes, there's still a gap. there's, There's still a gap. But there was a moment where I was having a rough day and I was sitting on my bed and I was like, Lord, I don't know what it is. I don't know what I need to hear, but I'm really struggling. And I just sat there and so clearly I heard the father say, I'm proud of you. Oh man, I wept, (laughs) I wept so hard, (laughs) Um, but truly because I realized how much, like my father, my earthly father was such a good father. He affirmed me so much. And my father is a pastor. And so I relied on him a lot to like navigate through ministry. And so to start this job without my father as an encouragement, as someone speaking into me who understands me. If you meet me, you've met my father because we have the same brain. Like, truly, my father, he understands me. And when I lost that, I lost so much more than just a father. I lost, like, affirmation. And I was tired, worn out. And so when the heavenly father stepped in and said, I'm proud of you, I didn't realize that that is what I had been longing for for months without my father. But the heavenly father knew that. He knew exactly what I needed to hear. I didn't even know. Like I was like, God, I don't know what it is. I'm just really struggling. But the heavenly father, he knew that. And he spoke it to me. And it happened in the quiet and the stillness of my room. And I believe that God wants to speak to his children tonight. He wants to speak from his voice to your ear exactly what you need. 
because he's a good father and he's pursuing you and he loves you and everything is found in his pursuit after us. So I can have everyone stand. I believe that the revelation of this truth is what will change your life. And it's so beautiful that it's a journey and it's something I'm continuing to learn, I'm continuing to walk through, is understanding the Father's love for me. Because He loves us. All He wants is what's best for us. He wants us to walk confidently in what it is to be a child of God. And tonight, I believe there's a few different people in the room that He wants to heal. One, He wants to heal all around perspectives of the Father and who He is. Because the Father isn't your earthly Father. The Father isn't, doesn't love you the way other people love you. He doesn't, His love is pure. His love is kind, it's deep, it's satisfying, it's perfect, it's holy, it's unrelenting after you. And I believe that tonight God wants to show you that. He wants to show you who he is as a father. And there's another group in the room that have wounds, wounds from the famines, the storms, wounds from compromising, wounds from the world. And I believe that the Father's love is gonna pursue you and touch that wound and heal you. I believe there's pride in the room. I'm guilty of that, pride in the room. I believe that God wants to break down the wall of pride tonight and show you that everything is already yours. If you are a child of God, everything is already yours. And I believe that God is gonna minister to those hearts tonight and show you that all you have to do is sit and receive it. And lastly, I believe that there's the fatherless in the room and that God is gonna speak to you what you have been longing to hear from a father that you don't have. And it's gonna bring so much healing. So I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna go into a time of worship to respond. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love and your kindness. Father, we are nothing without your pursuit after us. We have no stability in this life, no stability even in us, God. We can't do it on our own. Father, we need you. We need to understand who our Heavenly Father is. And so God, I pray right now that you will awaken us to that truth. I first wanna pray for those who have never come into the revelation of what it is to be a child of God. You've never had a relationship with him. You've never heard that he sent his son to die on the cross for you, that your sins are paid for, that you can come into this truth. You've never made that decision. I believe that God wants to touch you tonight and that we can step into that, that you can step into the revelation that you are a child of God tonight. And if that's you and you wanna step into that and you wanna declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you wanna come into this truth and the stability that being a child of God that you have, I encourage you to lift up your hand and we're gonna pray. 
This lifting of your hand is not for us to see, it's for you to respond to the Father's love. It's for you to respond and say, Father, I am ready to receive what you have for me. Amen. We're gonna go in time of prayer so you can just repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross, defeating sin, rose again, so that I can step into the truth that I am a child of God. I believe in that, I receive that, and I declare Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in the room. We thank you for all the hearts that you're about to touch. You're just getting started. God, I pray for the wounds of the world and the compromising. I pray for those that sold themselves short in the world, that sold the truth short in the world, that have hurts and shames and wounds from it and broken pieces, that Father, that you will chase after them tonight, that they will receive the revelation of what it is to be a child of God, that you will heal those deep wounds, Father. And I pray, God, that you will break down pride in this room, that we won't try and earn what we can't earn anymore, that we'll lay down that weight and that burden and give it to you and just receive what you have paid for, Jesus, that we will receive the love of the Father like never before, that we will see it because it's true. Help us see it, Father. And God, I pray for those that have lost their father or don't have a good relationship with their father. God, that you will be their father tangibly tonight. Awaken us, God, awaken us to who you are as a father. God, take us on the journey to where we can see you as the father. Heal us, God, heal the deep grief. God, help us grieve. Help those that don't have a father, God, grieve that. And I pray, God, that as we grieve that, as we empty that cry out to you, God, that you will show up like you've never shown up before as our heavenly father. And that people will see you, God, that you will speak to your children in the way that you wanna speak to them and encourage them. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.